It's Honorado and Company. It's Chris and it's Ash. And Ash, you are rocking the Syracuse gear. Rocking it. It's not very yeah. often that your school, you know, controls the headlines and will dominate a lot of our podcasts today. So you got that right. Let's jump into it. Obviously, we're talking about Jim Beheim out at Syracuse. Uh, is Aaron? Is this thing done? Rogers to the Jets? Sure feels like it may be. Now there's a dog walking in the background at our house. Uh, it's a rare occurrence, but it but it happens from time to time. That's Griffin. <laughs> um, and the Giants lock up their two best offensive players. What should be next on the offseason docket? Let's go. It's Honorado and Company. is Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. Shout out to our people at Alpenhouse in Amsterdam, Route 30, Route 5. All right, Ash, the news is, of course, that Jim Beheim is out at Syracuse. It's the biggest news of the week, given the influence he has had um, on college basketball and one of the great programs of all time at Syracuse. It's the biggest news of the week until or unless something happens with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. But it is how we start our coverage here today of the Bayheim story, and it is with Performance Industrial Dirty. And now, Dirty, Difficult, and Done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. Our guy, Bill Miller, up in South Glens Falls and in Albany as well. As we say, there's never a job that's too dirty or too difficult for his team to get it done. Industrial kitchens is really what they do best, but epoxy flooring and all that good stuff as well. All right, Ash, you are up. Yeah, my dirty difficult done. Uh, this has been my dirty difficult done, I think, two or three times maybe even this year. But now it's actually done. It wasn't like... You know, before it was like, ah, should, maybe he should be done. Well, now it's done, so I can kind of react to that. But listen, as much as I was ready for Jim Beheim to be done, I also know what he has done for that program. He is Syracuse basketball. Syracuse basketball is not anything close to what they are. We don't have a national championship without him. We aren't one of the top 20 programs uh, in the country almost every year without Jim Beheim, So I understand what he's meant to them. But for me, it was time. The whole scenario and how it played out on Wednesday was a little bit weird for me, and we can get into that. Um, it was a little bit strange. And we can also talk about uh, Adrian Autry and the future of that program. But yes, it's a day when you you kind of say, okay, good. We've got new energy. We've, we're going to have somebody new at the helm for the first time in 50 years almost, which is hard to believe. 47 years. I mean, the guy's dedicated his life to Syracuse, um, to the team, to basketball, to the university. And I think people understand that. But I think a lot of people, including myself, are ready for, for something new. Yeah, it's it's always difficult to move on from a legend. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is 47 years, not 18 years, which is what Rodgers would be in Green Bay. Even though your heart tells you it's time, 
the head doesn't always respond accordingly. Uh, this this is strange for me on a Thursday morning, and I didn't go to Syracuse, but obviously having been a college basketball fan all of my life and Jim Beheim occupying the sideline and the bench of Syracuse my entire life, this is strange to have Coach K gone at Duke one year and Jim Beheim gone the next year at Syracuse. 47 years will run through through some of it here. Um, 1,015 wins. Second all-time Division I coaches. That 03 National Championship you talked about took the Orange to five Final Fours, five Big East tournament titles, three Olympic gold medals with Team USA under Coach K. Countless Sweet 16s with teams that maybe didn't even belong in the tournament. I mean, nope. this, this guy had a knack for winning big games in March. Mm-hmm. He got to three title games in all, 87 and 96, on top of the 03 championship itself. Um, Beheim will be remembered in a lot of ways for being stubborn and curmudgeon and difficult late in his career, especially with the media. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy is absolutely one of the all-time greats when you when you look at the resume and what he was able to do with an upstate central New York school pretty darn good and 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 a a grandfather or godfather however you want to term it of the big east i mean yeah. one of the guys that is responsible for the success of that conference and, and listen you you heard this was the the story on the front page of ESPN.com. They were live for you know unending amounts of time on SportsCenter. They had yep, Jay Billis yep. live from where he was talking about what Bayheim means and what he meant to college basketball. This is a guy that people went to when it came to the 2-3 zone. Like this is a guy who helped elevate that defense, who knew everything about it, the ins and outs. That's why he was on the Olympic team. To help, you know what I mean? He had ideas that other coaches didn't have. And as much as people hate the zone and, and want to move on, I think Adrian Autry will play more man-to-man, but the zone will never leave Syracuse because it is part of the reason why they win in March. It is part of the reason why they made those tournament runs, whether it was Sweet 16 or Final Four, because it didn't always work in the Big East and the ACC when it came down to it because people got used to it. But when you hit March and you played a team that had never played Syracuse before, you can't replicate that stuff in practice. So that was part of part of the allure of it all, too. Like he's he's a legend for that. Yeah, maybe, maybe as long as they keep hiring guys who played for Bayheim, yeah. the 2-3 zone will stay. When it leaves the fan, when the head coaching position leaves the Q's family, they won't play zone anymore. No one else in the country plays it. Nobody. They usually play a little matchup and some junk defenses you see if you watch games, but but nobody's playing two threes. It's it's wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, Autry was the top assistant. He was the presumed guy who would take over for Beheim, and it is, in fact, what actually happened here. We'll get to your comments here in a moment, I promise. But, Ash, you mentioned it was all a little weird. It was weird. Wednesday. Beheim said post-game after a buzzer-beating defeat to Wake Forest. Oh, by the way, um, I, have, I always have the choice of retirement, but it's their decision meaning the school, as to whether I coach or not. It always has been. That's, I mean. That means half, it wasn't half, his choice to go. And some half-truths in there. Like, yeah. like Syracuse hasn't always had the say as to whether or not Beheim returned no. as coach. 
Bayheim eventually gained autonomy on that campus. If he decided he wanted to continue coaching, there was no administrator who was going to stand in his way. Time with especially with NIL, has passed him by a little bit. And I think the school realized now's our opportunity. He's not winning either. He's 17 and 15. Now's a good opportunity for us to move on if that's, in fact, what we want to do. But you're right. If you read between the lines here, this is not... He doesn't want to go. This is not a voluntary retirement. So we're both on involuntary retirement here for Bayon. Involuntary. And and I don't know that he's going to go away. My guess is he stays on. And he said he hasn't been offered anything. My guess is he stays on in some capacity at CUSE, whether it's as an advisor or somewhere in the athletic department. Um, I don't think he just goes away because it doesn't really feel like he wants to go away. So maybe he helps Autry, you know, whatever that means to be an an advisor on the basketball team. Maybe he helps him just with the, the transition process for a couple years and then rides off into the sunset uh, however he wants. But, yeah, this didn't feel like something he wanted to do, and he's never going to come out and say it. But you ta- you talked about, like, him being known as the curmudgeon pain in the you-know-what later on in his career. And he was never, like – at no point in his career was he, like, the sunshiny whatever. Yeah, but right. he's become more difficult. And to be honest with you, I think that's part of the reason why he got pushed out. If you're 17 and 15 and you are a beauty of a person and very easy to deal with and people, you're not causing controversy every time you step in front of a mic, I think you're still coaching. Hmm. I just think he became too much to deal with. And when you're grabbing headlines for yelling at a student reporter and and just being very difficult, yeah, twice, um, I just think it's it's time people are like, all right, well, now it's not worth it. Now you're being, you're, you're more trouble to us for a 17 and 15 season. Which, by the way, like, how many how many programs would kill for a seventeen and fifteen year? Kill for a seventeen and fifteen year? Not big. Not I'm not saying big programs, but like this is what he has created. Is seventeen and fifteen is his second worst record as a yeah. head coach ever yeah. to only two years ago in twenty one twenty two, and that which was, like was the 17. only year. Which was the only year he finished under 500. Yeah, and it was like 16 and 17, right? Yeah, 16 and 17. So a shade under 500. That in itself is unbelievable. It's unbelievable stuff. Um, But yeah, it's it's time. And even if the Adrian Autry experiment doesn't work out, it's time to move on and and figure out how to join the rest of the schools who are you know have are consistently top 10 because they've fallen away from that. You said top 10. A little inside joke here with our buddy Jeff Stack, who says <laughs> Beheim is a top 10 coach. I have challenged people in the past. I don't know if he's top 10 all time, but that's a conversation for another day. Sam is watching. Good morning, Sam. The J-Man is watching as well. Carol, good to see you, Carol. We, I think we missed you last week, didn't we? Sam with a happy belated to Ashley Thank you, Sam. Uh, as well. And Ryan is watching on YouTube. We love that. Uh, neutral on the Rodgers to Jets news, but if the Jets deliver, I hope Rodgers is worth all the trouble. We will get to, of course, the news between the Jets uh, and Aaron Rodgers. Nick Madelon with a shout-out here to the old-school Big East yeah. days. Carnesecca, Thompson, Calhoun, um, some great, great coaches. I mean, you can go back to Raleigh Massimino, too, yep. if you want it, at uh, Villanova and Jay Wright. Uh, some great coaches have come through. Um, the Big East ranks. And and I loved that conference dearly. Mm. Having grown up in northern New Jersey, it was St. John's and Seton Hall. And then I became a big Notre Dame fan. 
And oh, by what? By the way, Mike Bray has coached his it's, final game yeah, with the Fighting awesome. Irish, and that was a a tough loss uh, to see. Okay, how will you remember Jim Beheim? And then we will move on from this conversation for now. What <laughs> what sticks out to you? Uh, listen, a national championship. The national championship in two thousand three. I wasn't even a student there yet. Um, was one of the greatest days of my life, and that's not uh, that's not hyperbole. Um, it's not, <laughs> it's not yeah. hyperbole. Uh, a lot of some of my favorite sports memories revolve around this team. Like I would put this team and the university in front of the Yankees and the Giants. Like they're my number one. So, so much of, of my fond memories from Cuse basketball, not so much Cuse football in my lifetime, but um, revolve around Syracuse. So for me, it's, it's an 03 national championship. They were in it two other times. It's, and that's the thing it, he has created this, this is his baby. It, he made Syracuse basketball what it is. So yeah, again, I think it's just appreciation for that and what he's been able to do with a school that nobody wants to go to where it snows six inches every day. And he was able to get a guy like Carmelo Anthony to go there and get him a title. Yeah. Um, He was national coach of the year in 2010. He won big East coach of the year four times. He's a cancer survivor. He and his wife, Julie have created the Jim and Julie Beheim foundation uh, in the fight against cancer, um, I will and any and let's mention quickly here too, right? A thousand fifteen wins in I many Syracuse it. fans' minds. It's a thousand one hundred and sixteen wins because he had one hundred and one wins vacated for NCAA rules violations between 04 and 07 and ten and twelve or something like that. Um, but I will remember Jim Beheim for the two three zone, one hundred percent being stubborn, like I said, but mostly for taking, again, I said this earlier, taking teams that you didn't think had any chance of getting out of the first round in the tournament all the way to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. Heck, he took one of those teams all the way to the Final Four Mm -hmm. before they lost to Michigan, a team that felt like they didn't have any business really advancing deep into the tournament, and he was able to do that. Um, maybe because of the two, three zone. So maybe that is the genius, but I will remember his, his deep runs in March with teams where you just kind of felt like, do they really even belong? Mm-hmm. All right. So that is the dirty, difficult done for Ashley, the Jim Beheim era done. What do you think about Autry Syracuse. real quick? He's the right hire. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, I remember him with Lawrence Moten. Yeah. Um, but I don't, Nobody knows enough about how he coaches is going to lead a team. Uh-huh. His rec- no one knows enough to say whether or not he's going to be successful. No, yeah. All I can say is he was the logical choice and he should have gotten the job. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it, this is the way to keep it in the family, to not entirely blow this thing up because that's not, I just think that's not the way that, it needs to go. You can't blow it up and go completely out of left field and yeah. bring somebody in who has no affiliation to Syracuse, doesn't understand. Like, I just think that's really tough. This also means maybe Jim Beheim sticks around. You know what I mean? Like, I think you bring somebody in who's just like, hey, we're cutting the cord with you and we're going to bring somebody entirely new in, new slate, clean slate, new energy, whatever. I think then he's out. Um, and and even if he doesn't stick around, it's, you have McNamara on the bench. You've got guys who have a real love and tie to Syracuse. So I think, again, this is – and he's the recruiter. that 
that's what everyone says is Autry's the recruiter. He's got ties to New York and DC and he's your guy who's bringing these kids in. So maybe it's just fresh blood and, and something new and people want to come play for him versus come play for Bayheim. I got a squeaker toy here. Good. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, does he keep McNamara? Yeah. Okay. No doubt. All right. We'll take a quick time out here. Ash will play with Griffin for a little bit during this commercial break. And when we come back, uh, the latest on the Jets and Aaron Rodgers conversations. Hang on, back in a minute. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. Whether you're into lounging, cruising, or just relaxing, summer fun starts with Alpenhaus. Enjoy a smooth ride that'll change the way you boat forever on a Barletta pontoon powered by Mercury Outboard. Nobody makes a more reliable, powerful lineup of outboard motors than Mercury to continue propelling your adventures. Now's the perfect time to buy a new Barletta pontoon with the legendary performance of a Mercury outboard. Alpenhaus, Route 30 Amsterdam, and alpenhouseboats.com. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhaus. All right, Ash, people are calling for Griffin on camera. They want to know, can Ooh. we get the dog? Oh, my gosh. Oh, here, I'll just move. I'll just use the camera. The real fail. There he is. Hi, Griff. Hi, Griffin. Wanna, we're going to give him a treat. So maybe, yeah, well, good boy. Yeah, right. there you go. Good job. Uh -huh. He's out. Yep, occupied for a while. All right. Sorry to drop you, everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Good to see Griffin on camera. He gets a little bit of FaceTime yeah. as he should. Well-deserved. All right. Um, I'm bracing now for Aaron Rodgers' departure from Green Bay. We still don't even know if he wants to play next season. This is like... It, it kind of seems like it, doesn't it? Not really. I mean, the Jets wanted to meet with him. He took the meeting. Maybe the Jets' meeting was in a way for him to decide, okay... I don't know if I want to play, but maybe the Jets situation is so good that it convinces me I, I I absolutely want to play. If he had no other options outside of the Packers, it would just be, do I want to go back and do I want to play? Now it's, do I want to go back? Do I want to go to the Jets? Do I want to play? I, you know, he's got a little more to kind of think about here a little bit. Ryan says, what a good boy. Yeah. I just think if if he doesn't want to play, like he's not even taking those meetings. You know, like, I, I don't, I think he wants to play. Dude, he's going to play. Listen, you know how you know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. We're but now on man, week two, by the way, that he hasn't decided anything. This man will days. take any meeting that garners some attention. He yeah. he he if if Liv Golf called and said, Hey, you know you, he'd be in hundred percent. Would you consider playing on the tour? Yeah. He would take the meeting because people would be talking about it and they would be talking about him. And then he would play. So you get the owner, Woody Johnson, you get the GM, Joe Douglas, you get the head coach, Robert Sala, you get the offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. They all fly out to California. They have this meeting with Aaron Rodgers. Woody Johnson says it's the greatest thing that's ever happened on planet Earth. We feel great about our situation and chances of landing Aaron Rodgers. Does that meeting 
say to you, this is done, that the Packers and Jets have already started talking. We know that. Those reports are out there. So compensation has been discussed. The fact that Rodgers took the meeting and the Jets feel so good about it and the Packers are entertaining whatever offer the Jets might be throwing around. Is this thing done and it just isn't done yet? It kind of feels like it. I know. It kind of feels like it. Um, but listen, I, uh, I'm still not convinced that, like, again, that he's going to go there and win. But he's the Jets' best option. There's no doubt about that. I don't know that the Jets are his best option. But at this point, it, it seems like it's either Green Bay or New York. So which one? Are, who are you playing for? Our guy John Conlon says, heard the Jets brought bagels. Listen, if the Jets brought bagels from New York or New Jersey out to California, then uh, no doubt it uh, it would have been the the, it's the deal. The dog, all right. Yeah, what sealed it. Yeah. He's right back, right here. Our guy, Chris Rooney. Those are two people who behind the scenes make all of this possible here uh, on Honorado and Company. All right. You said you don't know if the Jets are the are Rogers' best option. What is? And I still threw the Raiders in here. I took the Niners off the board because they've made it very clear it's Purdy and Lance. I mean, that makes sense. Packers, Jets, Raiders, or other. I mean, I guess the Packers, but maybe the Jets. Are, I don't know. I, I guess maybe the Jets are his best option, unless there's somebody flying in under the radar that we don't know about, but it doesn't seem like anybody else is all that interested. So things, I don't want to say things got stale in New England with Tom Brady because my goodness, they, they won a Super Bowl not too far before the time he decided to leave, right? I mean, they lose to the Eagles, they lose to the Titans in the playoff game, and then he leaves, but they won the Super Bowl before that. So this isn't like, Things getting stale with Brady and New England, but maybe it's stale in Green Bay with yeah. Rodgers. Maybe he just never saw an opportunity quite like this one present itself where he said, a fresh start is going to be good for me. And maybe it ends up being good for Green Bay as well. Maybe it has just sadly, as much as I hate this, run its course because yeah. I believe Green Bay's best chance to win next year is with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think so too. It, but it's, maybe it's not with Jordan Love. Well, with Rodgers more than love, I don't know that they're going to be good or bad with love. I have no idea. No, but they're not. You can't, you're not going to say that. Like, I think anytime you have Aaron Rodgers at the helm in Green Bay, is you have the chance to win a Super Bowl. Yes, yes. You're not going to so, say that with Jordan Love under center. So, do we see Rodgers reignited by the fresh start in New York, the way he was reignited when the Packers ticked him off? by trading up and drafting Jordan Love. Is it is it does he need it, kind of the, the pressure as well? Is it good for just everybody? Maybe. It, it hurts me to say that, but maybe it is just good for everybody. Yeah. But listen, it's he's not the first person this has happened to and he's not the last. Like you brought up Brady, for, like listen, your guy Favre, his time was up there and he went on and played some really good football after he left Green Bay. Um as much as you hate to hear that. But this is, he's not the first guy this will happen to. He's not the last. It's like a relationship. And we know how those have gone for, for Aaron Rodgers. I'm surprised he's been in Green Bay as long as he has. Yeah. And there have certainly been a lot of highs and lows. It's been a roller coaster. I'm surprised he's lasted this long. So, yeah, maybe it's just time to see what happens elsewhere. And they, you know, they always say the grass isn't always greener. And that's fine. Maybe it doesn't work out for either one. But sometimes you just have to try. And maybe that's what they think. Like, you know what? We'll let him go do his thing. The Jets think, yeah, this is our best shot. Let's give it a try. If it doesn't work here, oh, well, it hasn't worked any other year for them. Um, 
and it's the end of Rogers' career, if he doesn't think like, yeah, we're definitely a Super Bowl contender, the Jets are close. They're close. To Sam's point here, which I've left up on the screen here, the Jets with Favre were eight and three uh, before he tore his bicep. They were they were a good team with Brett Favre, and he was playing really, really well. And then we saw how well he played when he went to Minnesota. Quick thought on Rodgers to the Jets. I mean, will Joe would Joe Namath allow him to wear the number twelve? Uh, do, do you do you unretire it for right. a couple of years that Rodgers is there, or is he wearing number eight, which he wore at Cal? I, I don't know. Just a I kind mean, of a random. Him wearing anything other than twelve would be so weird. Yeah, I mean, eight would be the only one, I guess, that would make sense. And I don't know what he wore at Butte Community College. Um, where do the where would the Jets rank in the AFC if they do, in fact, make this trade for Rodgers? And I mean, look, to do this in proper order, we can either start with ranking the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs or the closest enemies to the Jets, and that is the divisional opponents, which obviously Buffalo is very good. Miami should be very good. Yeah. And New England is in that division as well. Where would you put the Jets overall in the AFC? Because the Jets aren't bringing Aaron Rodgers in to win a division. The Jets would bring in Aaron Rodgers to make a deep, not win a Super Bowl, but to make a deep run in the playoffs. So where would this team be in the conference with him? Yeah. I mean, I think if we're talking about the division, which I know you said you're not here to win a division, but you got you win the division first. I, I still think that immediately puts them. Oh my goodness, puts them on par. <laughs> He's gonna need another treat. Puts them on par with the Bills in the division, which all immediately elevates them in the conference because you're talking about if you're the best in that division, you're probably one of the best in that conference. I'm not sure it puts them over someone like the Chiefs, but it it immediately makes them a contender in the AFC. Listen, Griffin with the squeaky toy is more entertaining than any any of the squeaking we're doing here with our Packers takes. Chiefs, are the Jets better than the Chargers? Are the Jets better than the Jags? Are the Jets better than the Bills, Dolphins, which you've already mentioned? Um, Are the Jets better than the Bengals? Probably not the Bengals, but I think when you talk, the Chargers are totally unproven, haven't proven they can win in the postseason. Obviously, the Jets haven't either, but I think when you have everything pretty much but a quarterback, it feels like they're just closer and to be ready to go. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so the Chargers, yes. For me, the Jags, same thing. Like, they're they're better than the Jags because they have Aaron Rodgers. I don't know that they're a better all-around team. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers Elliff takes them to the next level, one that Trevor Lawrence doesn't take the Jags to. Um, okay. Who else did you name? Cincinnati, Kansas yeah, City. Cincinnati, obviously, like Burrow makes them makes them as good as they are. But I think all the other parts of of New York are like the defense, and you know, like yeah. the, those yeah. parts are better. Yeah. I- you know, look, there's part of me that believes Buffalo's window is closing if it hasn't closed. So maybe the Jets feel that way, too, and say, hey, we can win this. Divi-. Like, yeah, everybody loves Buffalo, but we can win this division next year if Rodgers is. And I believe that, too. If you, if Rodgers is there and Brees Hall is healthy, yep, they'll do some other things along the way here to, to improve the offensive line. The defense is good as it is. Um, another receiving option would would be helpful. 
Yeah. I know, you know, we love some of those, but you, you're going to have a hard time selling me on Sims and more being absolute beasts, uh, Mims right. and more being beasts with when Rogers arrives. So you can't rely on just the one guy. Rockman likes Rogers going to the Jets. All right, Ash, take another time out here. Get the get a treat for Griffin. And we when we come back here on Honorado and Company, we will uh, dissect what the Giants were able to do this past week in keeping Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley back in 30 seconds. The Albany Firewolves professional indoor lacrosse team invites you to join us on Saturday, March 25th at 7 p.m. as we take on the Toronto Rock for Star Wars Night. Post-game autographs right on the turf, featuring members of your Albany Firewolves. Get your tickets now at albanyfirewolves.com. Join the pack. And now, back to Honorado and Company. Sponsored by Alpen House. NCAA tournament is right around the corner. We will break down uh, who we think is the most dangerous bubble team heading into March. Um, we'll also look at Patrick Ewing's status at Georgetown now that he's six seasons in. Will he get a seventh season? We have our Firewolves guest this week as well. It's Jake Fox yep. uh, in Follow the Pack segment sponsored by the Albany Firewolves. And we'll jump into what Kevin Herter and the Kings are doing post-All-Star break as they continue to climb up those Western Conference standings. But the Giants did two really good things here, in my opinion. They lock up their quarterback, Daniel Jones, four years, $160 million. I'll detail where that puts him in, in terms of how he's paid annually. And they use the non-exclusive franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. That would pay him about $10 million next year. It also would allow Barkley to negotiate with other teams if he wanted. And if he were to get an offer, the Giants would have kind of that first right of refusal. They could match it or let him walk. And if they let him walk and he signs with somebody else, they get two first-round picks. So here's the deal. Whether Barkley signs an extension or not, no team is giving up two first-round picks for a running back as great as he is. So he will be a Giant next year. And you'll have Jones and Barkley back together again. He's singing at me now. Um, yeah, and I think it was the right move. I hope they get a deal done with Barkley because my thing is now you've paid Daniel Jones. And I, I don't even know where he ranks in, in the quarterbacks in the league, but it's I, I'm not talking pay-wise. I'm talking skill. Oh. Uh, he's, for me, not a top He's not in the top half of quarterbacks in the league. That would be like 16-ish quarterbacks. I probably could name 16 better than him. I, I just mean, for me, it's you've now paid him 35 to 40 million a year. And you're gonna go tell Saquon, hey man, we'll give you 10, uh, but we're not we're not really in that 13 to 14 range yet that you want. That's bizarre. Do you know like he's one of the top running backs in the league? One of the yeah. top at his position, and I understand how that works, and they're injury riddled and whatever. But like, you're going to pay Daniel Jones thirty five million a year and tell Saquon Barkley you're not willing to give him fourteen? That to that to me is offensive. If you're Saquon Barkley, okay, 
So Barkley under the tag makes him the ninth highest paid running back. I don't know if that changes your opinion at all. He's a top 10 paid guy. Sure. Um, boy, you've thrown me for a loop here because I want to play this thing out. I hate to do anything like this more quarterbacks live on the show, but I'm, I'm tempted to do it. Um, this is a radio thing. This is a podcast. Maybe it fits. I get it. Yeah. You think Jones would be 16 or lower? Well, let's try this. Here we go. Okay. Start okay. counting. We ready? Go ahead. Josh Allen. One. Justin Herbert. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I'm going, I mean, I'm going to go young. Go Patrick Mahomes. Uh, listen, I'm not putting him in front of Russell Wilson. I know how bad Russell Wilson was last year. I'm not putting him in front of Russell Wilson. We're talking body of work. Body of work. He has had one good season. One good season. I'm talking about who are you taking for next season, period. Are you okay. taking 15 quarterbacks? And, and look, if your answer is still Russell Wilson, that's fine. It's still Russell Wilson. But I don't care what anybody's done in the past. I'm talking about who can I win with in 2023. And and maybe you – I don't know, Ash. Maybe we still get to 15 guys before DJ. But but that's how we should gauge this thing. Are you, Okay. Are you keeping count still? I'm ready. Jalen Hurts. I'm still putting two attack of Ilo in front of him. Lamar Jackson. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, sure. Kirk Cousins. I'm putting Kirk in front of him. He just beat Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. Derek Carr. I don't care. I don't care if I if I if it is just up to the quarterback. I'm taking I'm taking Kirk Cousins. I'm taking everyone pretty much in front of of him. This uh, now um, now I'm starting to feel. Like there's something about the Giants fan base because you're not alone here. I feel like there's something about the Giants. There are just people who are more proven. For me, one season does not make you worthy of the contract that he just got. Regardless, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not even. I'm just going based on on your statement of of where he would rank. There there is something about the Giants fan base that is striking me now that undervalues their quarterback. There, for, forever, Giants fans. Let's go back to last year's episodes and see what you had to say about Daniel Jones. If 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 not for the two Super Bowls, what has Eli done? Uh, that's and, not and how I, I feel about Eli Manning. I would take Daniel Jones. Here's the deal. He is um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. He's tied for seventh among highest paid quarterbacks. They also just happen to be the highest paid players in the Does NFL. Does he deserve that? <clears throat> no, yeah, no. But when you when you look at the other quarterbacks in the top six, it makes sense because what we've seen is anytime a quarterback is up for free agency, yeah, they almost reset the market. Yeah, and I and I get that. So here are the here are the here are the six guys ahead of them. Okay, okay. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Now Jones is tied with Dak and Matthew Stafford. Stafford just won a Super Bowl. We know that. Mm-hmm. Dak can't win a playoff game. Nope. Um, Allen has underperformed in the playoffs. Deshaun Watson, by all accounts, is a despicable human being. Also mm-hmm. hasn't done anything in the playoffs. Sure. Kyler Murray may not be able to play the position in the NFL. He's maybe from what the we've only seen. one I wouldn't take. 
over him. Murray. Of that group. I'd still take the athletic ability of Deshaun Watson. I'm not saying I want him on my team, but yeah. if I need to say like, hey, I'm going to plug in a quarterback and try mm-hmm. to win games, I still mm-hmm. think it would be Deshaun Watson for me. Okay. Uh, J-Man with some research here. This is why we love Jason Palazzi on the show. He he does research real time, which which we can't do while we're occupied speaking. Uh, number 18, going into 2022. Well, I don't know that it's going into, but that started in 2022. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if it's when was that? This based on last. You know. Good question. Good question. Okay. Um, I have more on this. Uh, well, I did, but this is the deal. Four years and, and one sixty. I, I am. I am. I love lists. I love debating lists. Me too. As soon as you threw that out there, where is he rank? I'm. I'm immediately intrigued. I. I don't not think- top ten, right? You can name 10 quarterbacks, right? He's I said not, 16. It's probably like closer to like 12 or 13. He's not top 10. Yeah, he is He is not top 10. Uh, you know, dogs are smart creatures because Griffin has realized if I annoy Ashley with my squeaky toy while she's working, I will get a treat. And there he is with the octopus. What do you got? Squeaking. Yeah. He does. Okay. He knows he's going to get a treat. You want to I know. That? He 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 has understood if I continue to do this, I will get a treat. So he when we come back treat. here, oh, go ahead. When we come back here on Honorado and Company, uh back in just 30 seconds, who's the most dangerous bubble team out there? As we are in the uh, middle of conference tournament week, if you're watching us live on the weekend, I hope the teams we're about to discuss are still alive or have even made some noise. Came out in February based off last year. Now, are you, excuse me, are you taking Brock Purdy over Daniel Jones? Is he going to get him to a conference championship game? Then, yeah. <laughs> Listen, he's hurt, so I'm not taking him over anybody. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have yet to be seen with Brock Purdy, I think, but I'm, I'm taking Brock Purdy over Trey Lance if I'm the 49ers. Uh, are you taking Brock Purdy over? Over Daniel, Daniel Jones. Okay, outside of Daniel Jones had one good season. Brock Purdy had eight good games. It's pretty close. (laughs) And Brock Purdy had maybe the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, he had an All-Pro running back in Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. He had Debo Samuel. He is one of the best tight ends in football in George Kittle. Name me somebody outside of Saquon Barkley who you would say this guy one hundred percent starts on another team in the NFL offensively. Listen, if he's Playing for Brian Dable, I'll take any quarterback because clearly he was the one who unlocked whatever it was in Daniel Jones. So I'm not saying Daniel Jones isn't going to be good because I think he has been, they have gotten the best of what Daniel Jones is out of him. I don't think Daniel Jones goes any higher. I can't, I don't think Daniel Jones can play any better than he did last year, which is good enough if you put a good team around him. Okay. Our guy, Chris Rooney, wants the third cam. cam. Yeah. It's a, it's actually a really good idea. What are his thoughts on Rodgers? I think he's tired of it. He keeps bringing over the squeaky octopus. Right. He doesn't want us to talk about it anymore. Quick time out here on Honorado and Company. Most dangerous bubble team ahead of the NCAA tournament next. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose.
claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. Jake Fox of the Firewolves still to come here on Honorado and Company in the segment we do each and every single week called Follow the Pack. Back-to-back road games coming up for the Firewolves before a home game at MVP Arena uh, at the end of the month. Uh, some of that has to do certainly with there being the NCAA tournament in yep. town. So with that on our brain, which of these is the most dangerous bubble team? There's an obvious answer for the blue-blooded crowd out there, sure. but but maybe you see potential in one of these other squads as winning a game or two in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, obviously, I think it depends on the matchup, but you, you're you talking UNC is my guess, yeah. Um, I would Definitely. go Michigan or Penn State. Uh, for me, because I think Penn State has shown the ability to knock to surprise people and knock off that big team. And I just think playing in a league for both of those teams, playing in a league like the Big Ten prepares no. you to play. They're not going to play anyone better than they've seen in Northwestern and Maryland. And that's a gauntlet. So unless you run into Duke in the NCAA tournament, which I don't know that either of them would be low enough seated to get somebody that good, but Duke. Unfortunately, my team will not be a part of that tournament. <laughs> we will not extend I, in Bayheim's career. I think the Big Ten is so overrated this year. Yeah, and, and I don't I, I think and this happens with the ACC too, but the Big Ten underperforms in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I just think that a team like Penn State has the chance because that's that's a bubble team. It's not like you're putting Northwestern in or Purdue in and mm-hmm. they're gonna fall early on. Maybe they will. But this would be a team that would surprise people if they won. If they lost, they're a bubble team that just doesn't win. How about the year Jalen Pickett has had, too, by the way, for Penn Great. State? Uh, he's put up some incredible numbers and, and individual performances. Well, it, the, answer, the answer here is Carolina. They got all the way to the national championship game last year and lost by a possession. Uh, and they returned four of the five starters. So yeah. it, the answer is Carolina. The team that intrigues me the most is Vanderbilt. Okay. They've won eight of their last nine. They play in what I believe to be this year the best conference in college yeah. basketball. It's the SEC. Um, and they've beaten some of those top teams in the conference. So a Vandy with Jerry Stackhouse would somehow find its way into the tournament. Um, I'm not saying a Sweet 16 or Elite Eight, but but a chance to to win as an 11 seed. Mm-hmm opportunity there they're 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 a better team than a lot of people kind of thought they'd be and again coming out of that conference which i think is is the best Isn't it crazy the sec we're talking about being a basketball i mean yeah. it's obviously a football conference but we're talking about it becoming a basketball conference which 10 years ago nobody would have believed yeah is is patrick ewing's career at georgetown as the coach done 13 wins the last two seasons six last year seven this year <laughs> They suffered 29 straight losses in the Big East before that ended in January. You see the numbers on your screen, 75 and 109 in his six seasons as the head coach. Um, it, I hate to – yes, the question is yeah. should – he should be done. Um, it's not going to happen with Ewing at Georgetown. They got to the NCAA tournament once. They had a miracle run through the Big East tournament as the eight seed during the COVID year. Um, and then lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. 
there's been nothing to point at over the last six years where you would say, oh, but hey, he did this. We know he can do that. And so I I hate to say it, but I always say, don't hire the legend because it never works. St. John's hired Chris Mullen, same time Georgetown hired Patrick Ewing. Mullen is already done at St. John's. Ewing is going to be done at Georgetown. Yeah, listen, it, and it's you said it, it. It stinks because you hire the legend. This is a guy that went to three Final Fours and won a national championship at Georgetown, and now you basically have to do the the thing that nobody wants to see. And and I'm sure the fan base feels the same way as administration feels. You don't want to have to let him go, but you can't have Georgetown. Like, I mean, they're not even, they got beat by 40 at the garden last night by 40. You can't have a team that was like, you know, 30 years ago, the cream of the crop. And even 10 years ago was competitive in the big East. You can't have a team like that. Just being completely not competitive at all. Yeah. I mean, Jay, when JT three was there, Mm -hmm. uh, they were a, two or three seed they were a three seed in the ncaa tournament with otto porter yeah they lost in the first round to ohio remember that um but but yes to your point they were much more competitive than they've been all right follow the pack is next here on honorado and company with jake fox back in 30 seconds i don't care what kind of stories that's been told on Six carbs and 95 calories. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. As you know, I listen to this podcast called Smartless um, with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, Will Arnett. They force their weekly guests to sit through some of the most agonizing drivel any humans have had in terms of conversation. Uh, that's not we, what we just had. Oh, oh, oh. Well, we'll ask Jake Fox if, if that's how yeah, he okay. felt sitting on the other side of this conversation before we bring him in here. Uh, the newest member. The newest member? Newest member. I mean, he's new, but but it feels like sometimes there's a new guy every now and then. But Jake Fox sure. is the newest member of the Albany Firewolves, and he joins us here on Honorado and Company. Jake, it's good to see you, man. How are you? It's Chris and Ashley. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks yeah, for doing the show, dude. We we appreciate you taking the time and, and listening to our takes on Aaron Rodgers and the NCAA tournament. Was it dribble? And all that. Oh, it was good. I liked it. It was Thanks. a good way to get me through my work morning. Uh, oh. I know these poor guys are working. They're always working. And we're so you're working week. from home, yes? Yes, correct. All right. Well, we'll get you back to the job here momentarily. Uh, first of all, how's it been in Albany? It's only been a couple of weeks, I know. You scored a goal in uh, in that game against uh, Atlanta. Uh, how's it been so far? Uh, it's been good. Obviously, uh, coming into this team, uh, I've kind of had the experience of already uh, coming into a team midseason this year. So uh, I kind of knew what to expect. But this was a great group of guys. I knew a lot of guys on the team, obviously, being from Ontario and playing that circuit around here, junior and everything. You get familiar with a lot of guys. So, uh, oh, it really made the uh, the adjustment really easy. And the guys uh, were really welcoming. 
Jake, you scored the first goal of the game for the Firewolves last week against Georgia. It was an SC top tenner. Is that your first time making SportsCenter's top ten? No, it's actually my third. Woo, boy! So for those who don't know, Jake played at Johns Hopkins. I'm guessing it happened then, Jake, or no? No, I uh, both with the uh, Riptide last year. Wow. Man, good for Sports Center getting into the lacrosse game. They've done a better job, and I've seen a lot more lacrosse. Yeah. But good for them because I, I think it's good that the NLL gets a little bit of love. But that's awesome. Three and times. Ashley, Ashley is the expert here. She cleans up my mistakes. I said Atlanta. It's Georgia. Um, okay. okay. What was your highest ranking uh, play on Sports Center's top one? We gotta look at. I'm gonna look at. <laughs> yeah, I got one last year. It was the. AFC Conference Finals, the when the Bengals got that pick to win the game, that was number two, and then I was number one that week. Holy that smokes. That's amazing. Yeah. By the way, I, I, one of our viewers here, Jason, goes, no, it's actually my third. Could not have been said any more casually. It's true. He's a modest guy. Played it very cool. Um, would you say that what ranked number one for you was your best play, or would you put one yeah. of the others up there? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. One was number one for sure. We'll look it up. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, 30 or forward out of Hopkins, um, like we said earlier here already. Um, all right, Jake, now that you've been around this team a little bit, you will be relied on here to create some of the offense that this team needs. How do you do that? What do you know about the pieces that are currently in place? How does this thing fit together where we get some more scoring? Yeah, well, in terms of the righties, I mean, like I grew up around Tanner. Tanner and I played together for the first time, I think, when we were like 10 or 11 years old with Edge Program, played field lacrosse, and then same age. So we grew up playing against each other in junior. Um, I got to play with Connor in uh, New York my first year there, his uh, year there. So I got familiar with him and lived with him on Long Island, actually. And then, honestly, I've gone to watch John's game from afar this year, and um, he's really kind of impressed me as one of the uh, Americans who's really bought into the game and been able to play it really well with very limited experience. So, uh, no, honestly, it's a, it's an exciting group of guys on the right side I get to play with. I think I bring a little bit of size um, and a little bit of a, uh, that kind of aggression and pick setting. I'm not someone who needs to carry the ball on their stick. I'm more of someone that will get – hopefully get people open and get myself open in the process, which will uh, hopefully open some more opportunities up for us on that side. Jake, I know you've moved around a lot this season, but the beauty of the NLL is that you all play one another no matter what, and you do it fairly often. So in terms of prepping for teams and opponents, I have to imagine it's always the same. It's just a little more about how, you know, you still adjusting to your own team per se. So what kind of challenges does a team like the Rock present? Obviously, they're they're nine and three. They're one of the top teams in the East. Yeah, no, they're they're one of the top teams in the league. Honestly, uh, they're they're a very good team that's been around each other for a long time. Uh, I got to play them this year when I was in New York. Um, you know, they're a team that you know they just work well together. They've been around with each other. They got a good goalie uh, stopping the ball this year in Rosie and. You know, it's one of those things we got to go in there and we got to play 60 minutes of our best lacrosse and, you know, not take anything for granted. Um, it's it's an opportunity for us to come in and prove ourselves and really battle against a top team and um, show that we can compete with every team in this league. Next home game is March 25th back at MVP Arena. Uh, Jake, you're working. I'll let you get out of here on this. Who, who, generally speaking, has better hair, hockey players or lacrosse players? 
uh, lacrosse players. Because yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at the flow, and this that- is this is new, and it's really annoying. Like I think during your when I was backstage, I probably played with my hair about 50 times it's i play with my hair a lot too yeah it's it's annoying it's one of those things my barber is like 45 minutes on the other side of town and i just haven't made the drive over there in a long long time <laughs> so would you prefer a shorter cut mm. or just a little more like no uh, shorter cut with a big beard okay <laughs> big beard okay beard all right well you know what? I would love to see this team go on a run and you have to grow a playoff beard. That yeah, would be that fun. Would be awesome. Um, all right, Jake. Good luck, man. Stay healthy the rest of the way here. I hope we'll catch up with you again before the season is over. Thanks for doing the show, man. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That is Jake Fox of the Albany Firewolves here on Honorado and Company. When we come back here on Owen Co., we'll uh, put a little bit of a bow on the show here uh, and we'll talk about Owen Co. Bo show. I mean, Ooh. that was that was impressive. Sometimes you don't even mean it. Sometimes um, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Kevin Herter and the Sacramento Kings and their chances out west in the NBA. Back right after this on Honorado and Company. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet relaxing together the love of family there's never been a better time to go outside and play alpenhouse pool spa boat and rv bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. you've heard of unsung heroes the men and women of nyscoba are the unseen heroes for the past year you've learned about our many charitable endeavors now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. NYSCOBA honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. All right, Ash, don't look now, but here come the Sacramento Kings. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I give the people what they want. This. And if the Smiths are watching, I yeah. promise I don't normally feed him this many treats. Yeah. But we're just trying to keep him, you know. Right. In check. I mean, good audio there, right? I mean, he's crunching. Yeah, yeah. Some gnats. Good, good crunching gnats. Yeah. yeah. Which, so I got, he jumped up uh, willingly. I, he I told me he was going to get treats, so he jumped sure. up willingly. Yeah, I wonder if he'll I wonder if he'll stay there. Maybe we'll the see. I'm out of treats and he can't have any more, so yeah, okay. he may not stay. And that's a chair that he can jump down from, I know. Yes, yes, uh, sure. It's it's not too high up and and he may go any second here. Mm-hmm. Um all right. That's Griffin, that's Ashley, and he has a full full belly at this point, I would have to imagine. Okay. Yeah, I am Ryan. I am a poet and I didn't even Know it. Yes, Griffin is just visiting. Yep. And <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go. Um, Kevin Herter and the Kings. Don't look now, as I started to say here. They are up to second in the Western Conference as we sit here on a Thursday morning, tied with Memphis, who, oh, by the way, will play what the next four games at least 
without John Morant, and maybe they should play even more games without him. Um, Kevin Durant just rolled an ankle pregame, and the Suns, who were behind Sacramento, will now play without KD, presumably, for a little bit. Luka Doncic says his thigh injury is, quote, not good. What does that do the Mavericks' chances? What I'm getting at here is if the Kings end up second in the West, nobody should be shocked. They're not going to catch the Nuggets for seven games back. But, I mean, who would have thought Sacramento, okay, a franchise that has the longest playoff drought in North American playoff sports currently, might be the Mariners. Now it's the Kings. That's right. 18 years might be the two seed in the Western Conference this year. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. And like you said, uh, maybe nobody, maybe nobody catches. I mean, if you keep this pace, nobody's going to catch you. I, yeah, I think it's a good chance. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think at this point, it's it's only Memphis that has the opportunity. Yeah. But if Durant comes back and they're gangbusters, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe Phoenix catches still, them. Well. I mean, you got they're in the playoffs. Like if you're not in the playoffs oh, yeah. at this point, that's that streak is over. If you're not in the playoffs at this point, that would be a huge disappointment. Yeah, Carol says uh, wouldn't be able to follow him if it wasn't for Facebook. Well, I actually get their Facebook updates. I get a lot of Twitter content for the Kings. We buy the NBA package at home, and so when I'm irresponsible on the weekends and up too late at home, I pop on a Kings game from from time yeah. to time, and we're able to watch them. Uh, I may have, in the last week and a half, thrown a little bit down on Sacramento to reach the NBA Finals. Oh, my God. Not I'm, to win it all. Get out of here. But to win the West. Why not? Whatever. It's your money to lose. Do you not like <laughs> the matchup of some of these players? I mean. Yeah, I think some, some I particular think, I, matchups would be tough. I think Sabonis but, and Jokic would be fun in a sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jokic is just so big, like yeah. just beefy big and does yeah. stuff. We've talked about his passing ability and yeah. Yeah, that would be a fun no, I, listen, I love that team. It's been a fun ride. The light, the beam. We've talked about the culture. I, yeah. I'm so glad it's working out for Kev, but I'm not sure a run to the finals is in their future. Okay. Shooting that idea down. All right. Thanks for watching Honorado and company, everybody. It's Chris. It's Ashley. It's Griffin. High five. Have a yeah. great weekend, everyone.